back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen and Kyle, and we are running the gauntlet tonight, trying Woo-hoo. to knock out as many episodes as we can. And it's rough. Yeah, we're kind of winding down. So doing four episodes, five episodes a night is not easy. Yeah, we're not good at doing one episode a night. That's right. So this one's going to be a little different. We had such a good response from the last uh, call-in episode, where you leave us your voicemails and your text messages that we're going to do it again because I like it. Same. And Kyle likes it. And it's our podcast. So we do whatever the fuck we want to do. Even though you don't like it. And me? No, people. Them. They did like it. That's why they blew the phone up. I don't believe it. Which is another reason why we're doing it. Because once that episode dropped, you guys came through and started hammering the phone out, which is cool. It's exactly what we wanted you to do because we want to get the weird out. And hopefully one day we can start taking like live calls in and make it almost like a call. We can have like call-in nights where it's a radio show and it's just this whole conglomeration of weird shit. Because that's what we're about. All right. But before we get into that, check us out at all our social medias. I'm not even going to go through the whole spiel because you guys know it already. Yeah. If you want to get us a uh, paranormal encounter that we can share in a future episode, you know how to do that, too. Thank you to our Venmo supporters. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to everyone who takes the time to ride an encounter in. And thank you to everybody who leaves us a beautiful five-star rating and review. Absolutely. You guys keep us afloat. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. In the bottom of our wretched black hearts. Yes. So, that being said, we're going to dive into some of these uh, voicemails. No, I'm, I'm going to read this we're text We're not going to dive into these voicemails because just, Kyle's going to read the text message. I'm going to read this text message. Kyle's then we'll start read the voicemails. this text message. It's it's. I've read a little bit just now, and it's fucked up. Is it too wicked? It's too wicked. That's my. That's gonna be. I'm gonna start making Hollow Sky stickers that say "Too Wicked." I love it. It's gonna be the number two, and then it's just gonna be W I K K E T. Too Wicked. I love it. <laughs> As you can tell, we're just running on pure monster energy at this point. Hell yeah! So, I wish I could drink another one. I there's some in there. I don't know if that'd be good. Who? What is good? Who decides that's that? A good, that's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll contemplate it. Okay, back. All right, back so to it. Here's our first text message on the hollow phone. Yeah. It says, Stephen Kyle, I enjoy listening to the podcast. I experienced an event when I was approximately 13 years old, give or take. This event came back to me due to a memory recall. Anyhow, it started very early in the morning, and it was during the summertime. I awoke instantly and stood up. Directly in front of me was a small white extraterrestrial being. It came up to my chest and was pure white. I was in a trance-like state. I wasn't experiencing fear or any type of emotion. I was just aware of its presence in front of me. It led me to its craft about halfway there, 30-ish yards, in my backyard. It communicated to me in mind speak. It told me that its partner had become sick and died and he needed me to bury his partner. What? Yes. A side note was that everything was dead silent during our walk to his craft. The craft was approximately 60 yards from my house at the edge of the woods. When we, when we, 
when we reached the craft, it was a brilliant silver. Weirdly, it emitted a light that was only noticed while being close to it. Even during our walk, I did notice the craft until we were right on. I did not notice the craft until we were right on it. The craft was open. The best way to describe it is like Pac-Man when its mouth is open, except rather than 7 to 11 o'clock, it was more like 9 to 11 o'clock, if this makes sense. I worked around, I walked around to the other side of the craft and reached in to remove the dead alien. I noticed its arms were losing its white pigment. It sort of looked like the way jellyfish look when they're dead on the beach. The interior of the craft was just large enough to hold two beings of their size. There was no way I could have sat in that vehicle. I removed the being and started to follow the other being. About a few yards away from the craft, the craft communicated with me. Not in mind speak, but more like a deep feeling. I really can't explain the way it did, but I knew it was the craft. It communicated to me that it was sick as well. Anyhow, that's all I can recall. I don't want to embellish this experience in any way. Just lay it out the way it came back to me. I absolutely know in my heart this was not a dream. I've had many dreams about UFOs and know how to distinguish between reality and dream state. In 2016, my wife and I were returning from Costa Rica. I had a window seat and she was in the middle seat. And we were seated at the wings and were above the clouds. And incredibly, the same type of craft passed so close to the wingtip. Had I been sitting on the end of the wing, I could have touched it. Both of us saw it and had a, had one of us blinked, we would have missed the flyby. The first event took place in Potawan County, Virginia. Thank you, Eric. Bro. What? He's burying aliens, yo. Yeah. Hold on. That's where I'm at. I started reading just a little bit of that, and I go, okay, we're reading this one. Let me process this. So he did did bury the body of the extraterrestrial. He doesn't specifically say, but he did grab it out of the craft. What? And it was it started to lose its pigment. This is awesome. <laughs> it's okay, Eric. Fuck. I need you to remember. Well, first thing I need you to do is text us back, and then let us know if you buried the alien, and then come back around. And let us know where it's at. Yeah, we'll go find it. That way I can go and make sure that it's there. It might get a little awkward because it's going to be in somebody's backyard. I do not care. I will dress up as an Amron employee. And I'll be like, I'm looking for gas lines out here. We're just digging, digging, looking. We're checking. This is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, this 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 is why I started this podcast. This is what I needed to hear tonight. 
I don't even know. Like I was, I was in it. I don't know that I've he ever was heard like, of small white beings. Well, like this. it could, it could be a a gray. Yeah. Essentially, is only three to four feet tall. For sure, for sure. You know, which if if they're sick and losing pigment anyway, that's true. I didn't think about that. And like the Hopkinsville or the Hopkinsville goblins, they were small, kind of silverish. Yeah, but they ain't flying UFOs. Maybe they are underground. That's true. But I um bro. That was a good one. This is awesome. I'm just uh, let me let me take a second here and just kind of Your brain has done gone off the rails. <laughs> it did. It fractured. Like I was in it when he said it was standing there right in front of me and then when it started communicating that it needed help and when he said it needed me to bury its counterpart, I'm like, "What?" Hold up. What? Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. And the fact that the ship was communicating with him, that it was also not in good shape, almost like the ship was a biological creature in its own right. That's not the first time I've heard that theory, that the ships are living creatures. Yeah. Or a biological entity, anyways. Dude, you have to... Get back a hold of us. I'm sure Kyle will send you a text message, but I don't even know. Like, I'm not prepared. Yeah, go dig this. it up. I'm not prepared for this kind of weird. Dig it up and mail it to the P.O. box. I thought I was. Like, this is what this is where I want this to be, but now it's here and I'm just like, uh... What do I do? Uh, what do I, I do? How do I respond to this? I'm new. I don't know what to do. I love it. Oh, my God. It is fascinating. So, I hope that it's... I hope it is real. Well, to me, it's real. Right. It, it would make me wonder, though, if I wonder if when it was losing its pigment, if he if he noticed organs and a skeletal structure. Because what if it was more like a jellyfish and it didn't even have a skeletal structure? Yeah, it could be like an because insect. then it would it, then there would there be wouldn't no be body. Left. Yeah, there would be nothing to dig up. Yeah, which is weird. Why? Why would you? Have, why would you bury it if there wasn't going to be anything left anyway? Uh, I guess to hide it for the time being. Well, there's that, and then it could like be, an insect has an exoskeleton. It could be a ritualistic thing. Maybe like, yeah. Maybe it was trying to mimic our our like yeah. cultural. Dude, I I love it. Thank God for the fucking hollow phone. It was it was a it was a good idea. I, dude, Eric, that was. That was I don't even have words, bro. It was sick with it. How long ago did this happen? Did he state that he said he was thirteen? I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know how old he is. Probably been a little bit. Um. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, you should probably go back and see if it's still there. If it's still there, mail it to our PO box, and we will we will put it in the same case with the haunted doll. Dude, I don't even know. That is so dope. That is such a dope story. Such I'm, a dope encounter. We've never had a story like that before. I can tell you that much. I, I feel like Art Bell's listening, and he's like, run it, boys. Run it. <laughs> this is what we're here for. I don't know, man. Like I, I said, I got, I got to that. I didn't even get to that part. I just got to the part <clears throat> skimming through it. And saw the all white creature approach him. I'm like, we gotta talk about it. 
We got to talk about it. I don't even know where to go with that. That is so sick. Uh, was like was that your first encounter with uh, extraterrestrials? I guess. That's a good question. It's happened afterwards. Are you, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Your brain's done. It's fried. It is. All the very circuits. first the very first story has just cracked my brain in half. <laughs> I fucking love it. I know. God. And we have eleven voicemails. Starting this podcast was the best idea you've ever had. Thanks. Because I I need more of that. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. And we need damn. GPS coordinates to the location of the burial. Yeah. We need the dude that is so awesome. It is mind numbing to think. So awesome. And if it's little and fragile, it's not going to be able to hold a shovel. No, he had to have help. Yeah. I mean, he just traveled. Uh, Kind of a little a out of billion the light light well, years. Maybe he was in the neighborhood. Could have been. Maybe he crashed the ship, which is why the ship was fucked up, which is why his homie died. You know. So he was a really bad driver. After we got to the point to where he uh grabbed the arm, my brain just kind of went out. Like, did the ship take off after that? Did I miss that part? What did he tell us that part? No. I just no, I don't sometimes even know. I do that too while you're reading in the my I, I get stuck on a like on a sentence, and my brain just blocks out everything else you read. And then I go, "Oh shit, I have no idea <laughs> I do, what's going on." Especially if it's something so like when he said, mm, uh, "I need help burying my friend," I got hyper focused. And then when it went to the point to where he actually touched the alien, I'm like, "That's it. <laughs> That's it. Game over." Holy shit. I would be... That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what's happening. Uh, people are burying alien bodies out of respect. I wonder if he had... To, I wonder if he was going to have to bury the ship. I don't know. Because then the other little alien is fucked. Yeah. He's not going know. anywhere. Oh, it's weird man. that he couldn't see the ship until he was right on top of it. Which is probably uh it was it's probably a safety thing, I'm like sure. a defense mechanism. Once the little dude realized that he wasn't gonna try to harm him or try to hurt the ship, he's probably like, All right, you're cool. You're yeah. here to help, so I'm gonna And you ain't fitting in my ship anyways because you're way too big. Yeah. So he's like he's like, Okay, we can do this. Dude, that is weird. Just give me a hand, yo. Holy shit, that's weird. I love it. I love weird shit. God damn. All right, so with that, we are going to go into... <laughs> I don't even know. We are going to go into the first new voicemail. Sick. Too so, wicked. Here we go. Hey, Hall of Sky Podcast. This is uh, Jason Hall. That's how you'll know me from Discord. Um, I haven't been in there in a while. I miss it. Um, I just listened to your first listener episode. really enjoyed it. You know, I thought I'd call in with a couple of things. Uh, I've kind of talked about them in Discord before, but I just kind of wanted to talk to about them here. So, this is how it starts. When I was a baby, this is 19, probably 76 at the time. Um, 
my mom said that I was a baby and uh, she was with a guy in his car, you know, driving on the road, and there was a bright light in the sky, you know, following I think she was maybe 10 or 20 minutes, I can't remember. They come. They followed them and they were trying to find out where it was coming from and they could figure it out. And that's basically all she knows about that. I haven't ever asked her about missing time or anything that might be with that. So that part, I don't know. I know that might be a question about. Um, then as I got older, uh, I, I was never allowed to watch horror movies or anything like that. So uh, that wasn't something that I had any kind of recollection of. I didn't have any kind of, uh, I guess you'd say, reference to make up something scary. And I was pretty young. And uh, I would see these figures in my room, like shadow figures is the best I can describe them. Uh, one of them even looked like my neighbor at one time. I don't know why I thought that. It just kind of looked like I just maybe her outline. And um, it's like they had an axe. I was like they were raising it to, to hit me or something. But I'd always see those shadow figures in my room at night, and I would be so scared to call out to my mom. And um, so that was a little bit of that. But also, I would have this dream, and I had it so many times as a kid, and in that dream, there would be beings that would enter my room that I could not see. They were invisible. And they would drag me out, or they would drag people in my family out of the room or out of the house or whatever. And it was terrifying as a child, literally terrifying to dream that. Um, like I said, I did not see anything. They were invisible. And I would be so upset for days afterwards because it, it scared me so bad. And then, also as a child, there were three instances when I was outside. And I even remember as a child looking, uh, first I'll say this, I heard my name called, uh, just playing away. They said, Jason. Just like if somebody was speaking to me, but not yelling or anything like that, but just like they were saying my name. And I was uh, even in the mind at that time to look around me to see was there anywhere anyone could be hiding, and there was nowhere. Uh, where I lived, I was born in Missouri, but I was raised there in the Ozarks. Um, while there's a lot of forest around where I was at, there was no trees, and uh, there was nothing that anyone could hide behind. And... Um, so I heard that in three different, different times. Uh, I heard someone call my name, and every time it scared the crap out of me, and I just took off running after I looked around. <laughs> and then um, uh, from there, I also had this weird memory, and uh, I describe it like a memory, but I don't even know if it's a memory. If there's a place that I can think or a city in the woods, and it's kind of like a dome-shaped building. And I don't know if it's a memory or if it's not a memory. I don't remember exactly what's inside of it. I don't, there's, it's just like I get flashes of this place, and I don't know for sure if it's even real. And I don't know why I would have this memory, or I call, like I said, I call it a memory. I don't know why I would have it in my memory. So I'll pick up from where I was talking. Um, so I don't know why I have that memory or not memory or whatever it is, because, like I said, I don't know why I would remember that or make it up to, to be a memory. Um, and after that, as I got older, um, as an adult, I'll say, I've had several dreams, and one of them, I can remember, uh, when I was married, uh, I remember dreaming that me and my wife at the time were in this house, and 
there was, um, if I could explain it, was, there was a craft outside, and that craft had a light that was shining around to look for us. And as it was shining, the light, it was almost like the ground was being sucked up towards it, kind of like if the ground was just a blanket, and you could, you could raise it. So it was almost like it was doing that with the ground. And it was shining a light into the windows. And I knew at that time that it was aliens looking for us and they were trying to find us. Um, also, I've had just several other dreams of things in the sky uh, falling out of the sky. Before drones were a real big thing, I dreamed about like thousands of drones in the sky just automatically falling at once. Uh, all of them together in unison, falling out of the sky. Like before, like I said before, drones were a real big thing. Um, uh, just always a dream not long ago of a some kind of craft um, over San Diego that was exploding in the air. Uh, it was crazy. I, I do have very vivid dreams and weird dreams when I remember them. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of show those things. Um, I did share that before on another podcast and on the bump podcast. And Bo and I were talking, and he, he, he kind of started tying it all together and thinking, this sounds like me had alien experiences even as a child. And I thought, wow, that's not something I want to hear, but <laughs> it's a possibility, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, I think Hal and I may have talked a little bit about that in Discord before. Uh, but I just wanted to share it here. And if you have any questions, feel free to call me. Uh, I'd be willing to talk about anything. Uh, just like I said, feel free to call me back. Thanks, guys. I'm Joey Podcast. I love it. You guys are amazing. Jason, thank you so much for sending that in, man. There is a lot to unpack here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm completely on board with the fact that you may have been experiencing extraterrestrial encounters probably your whole life man yeah you as you said when you were a baby the lights in the sky um i don't know if they're able to like probably don't want to hear it like this but mark people but you hear a lot of stories of people that deal with this kind of stuff all their life and it's just, I don't know, the way you described it is so terrifying and so vivid. Like you saying that you saw the beings in your room and when you said one of them took the form of your neighbor, it just makes me, it's like Kyle says before, it's screen memories. It's making making you as comfortable as you can be while this is going on. Putting something familiar to cover up with the fact that they're not familiar. Right. The in, the invisible uh the invisible beings pulling pulling you and pulling your family out of the the room. That shit is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I am like I'm closing my eyes as I'm saying it and kind of like replaying your words in my head. And holy shit, man. That is that's terrifying for me as an adult. That would be absolutely awful as a child. Yeah. See, I, I, I even I missed that part because I got so focused on some of the other stuff he was saying that resonate with me. Like he was talking about, I believe he was saying about how 
He's had dreams where lights were searching for him. I've had those dreams. I have too. I have where it's about a three foot light bar comes in through the window and it starts scanning the room looking for me. Ironically enough, that one night with, you know, she was my girlfriend then, but now wife, but she had, she was woke up to a light coming through the window and we saw a UFO out in the backyard. Um, I also have many occasions of, Mostly for me, it's right around when I'm in that in-between state of falling asleep. And I've talked about it several times. I, I hear a woman saying my name clear as day. Like, it's it'll wake me. Boom. Instant up. I'm ready to go. What the hell's going on? Uh, there was one more. Oh, you were just talking about dreams in general. And I had this... This... I had a couple, I was just telling Steve, I had a couple really bad dreams of me dying in, in not very fun ways. Um, but I had this thought, like we all have these dreams, right, that are just like hyper vivid. Like there have been, there's one in particular, my wife will hear this and she'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to talk about that dream. But we all have those dreams where we wake up and we are utterly convinced it was real for just a short period of time, right? Oh yeah. We I like I've had where I've won the lottery or I've oh, yeah. or this or that. I almost like what if those are actually fragments from another version of us in a different universe. Like in a, like an alternate timeline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and those those vivid dreams are like because you wake like up you'll dream about utterly some, convinced. Yeah, you'll dream about someone from your past and them coming back into your life and like like you, you hit it off like you never missed a beat, and then you wake up, and that that alters your mood for the entire fucking day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just sets you off. Like man, I thought that was real, but it's not real. Oh yeah, it's like that oh. bums me the fuck out. Yeah, just shut your day yeah. down. And going back to some of your other encounters here, like the name calling from the woods. You like you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that you lived in uh, rural Missouri in the Ozarks and shit. Dude, that's the name calling from the woods is like Wendigo 101. You're right. Like it's something trying to lure you into the damn woods. Yeah. Good thing you didn't go. Exactly. And you said the dream about something exploding over um exploding over San Diego, a craft. I used to have a reoccurring dream of an airplane. Well, I'm assuming it was an airplane. Uh my house is right right next to a graveyard, like the graveyard is my front yard. But I would always dream that an airliner would explode and crash in the graveyard, but there were never any bodies. I'd hear it, it'd wake me up, it'd rattle the house, I'd go outside, I'd see the fiery wreckage everywhere. I remember going out and seeing luggage and parts of uh, airplane seats and just the the white from the airplanes and shit, but there was never any bodies, like... That's it was just weird. an empty plane hit the ground, and I don't, I don't know. Now that you said, what if these dreams are just, you know, fragments of memories from an alternate timeline? Or I feel like it's totally possible because we wake up so convinced they're real. Yeah, and I, I've had dreams something was in, in searching for me as well. It wasn't a bar of light, but it was like a ball of light. Yeah, almost it almost had that War of the Worlds feel to it. You know, where they're like just hunting you down. Yeah. 
but <clears throat> man, I don't know. That's wild. Um, we might have. I I almost just want them to call in and just we can just dive into. Yeah, it. we could you do it I mean? sometime for sure. But thank you for taking the time to leave your uh, messages. Yeah, we appreciate you. I just keep picturing the invisible things pulling you out of your home and pulling your family out. Fuck that. Yeah, and I mean, what? If you can't make something familiar, make it not not be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I try to deal with that. How can you be afraid of something you can't see? Yeah, I'll be terrified. But we will play our next one. Hey, name's Chris here. Just wanted to uh, tell you about a story uh, that happened at the beginning of the year. We had uh, I worked for a communications company. I spiked fiber and uh, fiber optics. So I was in downtown Savannah splicing and uh, ended up at this, I guess it's a four-story I don't know if it's a a hospital, hospice, hospital, something or another for old folks, or maybe even mentally ill. I don't know, but uh, I had this splicing job, and I ended up in the basement, which was pretty creepy in there. But uh, the weirdest thing that happened to me, and the whole reason I'm calling is this was right around the beginning of this year, and... Uh, say downtown Savannah, I was parked on a corner. I had to wheel my equipment into the only spot they would let me take it in. So as I was coming out, I was finished with my job. There was a really tall old man. And he was he was a lot taller than me. I'm six foot. And he was really, really old. And he had some kind of a special uniform on like a some sort of sash colored sash I want to say it was yellow going across his chest um, that was part of his uniform anyway he was staring at me the whole time I wheeled all my stuff back to the truck in the trailer and I got in my truck and I was on my laptop finishing up any admin work that I had to do and all of a sudden, he decides to come walk over, and I was thinking, well, I hope he don't walk over, uh, trying to get out of here and uh, get this job done. Sorry, I can get another phone call to talk. But uh, anyway, he come over, and he started chit-chatting, and he didn't say, hello, how are you doing, or any other kind of greeting a normal person would. He just started talking about uh, fiber optics and light. And I guess he was real interested in what I was doing and the conversation led to, you know how that works, don't you? And I tried to give him a best idea on how it works. I splice it every day, but I don't know all the theories behind it and uh, kind of don't care. But uh, anyway, he started talking about it, and I give my best description of how I thought fiber optics work and this, that, and the other. And 
he just seemed out of place and just seemed strange. And I didn't see him before. And he started telling me about silicone chips. He just started talking about it out of the blue, which I thought was really weird. And um, he described how he used to work in a factory. I want to say it was California. And uh, how these silicone chips were the material had to be a certain percentage, this and that and the other. And he was giving me all this information anyway. I, I kind of forget it all now. But after he got done talking, he just turned around and walked right back across the street. And, you know, it, it was just a really strange conversation. And then he started talking to... Hey, Hollow Colt. The weather's getting nice. And you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots. And their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all. And it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Um, so I didn't get to finish. This is Chris from the last phone call. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so he went and started talking to another person who seemed to recognize him. Man, I tell you, this fella seemed out of place and his mannerisms and just seemed so strange that it had a lasting impact on me. It wasn't long after that I was hearing reports, you know, news feeds and whatnot about chip shortages and this, that and the other. And there was a... So I don't know if it was something drawing attention to silicone chips and the shortages and what it was or if this fellow was even um, you know a real person it had me thinking that and uh, anyway I like a good story and I just thought that was I don't even know if it's worthy but I just thought I'd call in and and uh, let you know about it see what you think maybe I'll hear you on air love y'all show keep it up later well, first off, thanks for calling in. Secondly, everything's worthy on this this little podunk show of ours. 
We're all in it together, dog. Yeah. So right out of the gate. Well, initially, I'll be honest. I was going like ghost. That's kind of what I thought at first. Like, or maybe like uh a Grim Reaper style situation. Yeah, him him being exceptionally tall. It, it, I don't know, but the weird the weird uniform and him being at like the old folks home made me think. The first thing it made me think of like like a spirit. Yeah, spirit or death or or whatever. But then the more you got to talking and he started like he well, A, it was kind of bizarre that you're like, please don't walk over here, please don't walk over here, please and then he walks over there. He's like, You're in it, bud. Yeah. Uh and then he just starts rambling on giving you full statistics on what you're doing. And, you know, I got to give you an attaboy. How you were like, yeah, I don't give a shit. This is my job. I don't care how it works. <laughs> I was like, Same. my man. Uh, but anyways, so he's giving you all these analytics and just breaking down your, your career for you. And then he starts going into silicone chips, almost, almost like, Almost like somebody that would be trying to draw information out of you in a way. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Right? And then, like, it, my brain went the same place yours did. Like, is this person even human? Because I went, my brain started going Android right out of the gate. Like, it, I was like, this motherfucker is talking to a robot, and he's about to tell us he talked to a robot. Yeah, I know that you yeah. didn't figure it out, but I was hoping that that was at the end of the story that you were gonna go. This motherfucker wasn't human, he, and the fact like he almost uh, like called the microchip shortage. Yeah, is weird. Like he didn't come out and say, "Hey, there's gonna be a shortage of silicone chips," but the fact that he brought it up is. Dude, I don't know. It's so weird. You should have asked him I, I, what he did for a living prior. Like yeah. What he did for a living. I don't know, man. And I, I'm guessing... And you made the, it the sound like he was is, old as dirt, too. Yeah, the weird thing is, is that he started talking to the, the another person that seemed to recognize him, I guess. But that could just come across as being friendly, you know? Like, yeah. Especially at, at, if it was like a nursing home or something, you're going to be like acutely more interactive, I think. Yeah. With the elderly. Well and but to be to play to the other side of that conversation, it's also not out of the norm. So like if the dude was also in your in your field, the old man's in your field and he's old, it's not out of the norm that he wouldn't come talk to you. If yeah, he's in yeah, the same yeah, field. Yeah. You know, That's a lot true. of a lot of older guys like to do that. They like to just yeah. like reminisce and relate. Yeah. So that is a possibility, but it is really strange, especially the, like for me, the description of him. I just picture like a Rod Robert Wadlow looking motherfucker. And I'm I'm curious about the the uniform with the sash and stuff. Like that's. And then you you said his know, mannerisms bro. were off, which. We always notice people who aren't from the area because, like you said, like their your mannerisms are hundred percent different than normal people yeah. around the area. Yeah. That, and that, so people are intuitive to that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, that, for that sure. Shit stands out for sure. But I'm going with Android. Yeah, uh, I want him. That's where I want it to be. I want him to be a robot. Too. Yes, <laughs> a robot that can predict the future. So, dude, you were talking to a robot. 
solved it. That's fucked. The holophone has solved it again. I just want to say that this is so awesome. I love. I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is what I want the podcast to be. Like, I want to hear everybody's crazy, scary, just out of this world encounter. Because everybody, I feel like everybody has one. Oh yeah! Everybody, yeah. There's 350 million people in America. Like, and I love this particular one because he's like, I'm not even sure if it fits. With it does. This, if you, but I just want you to know that I found this really fucking weird. Yeah, if that, and that's that's the only criteria we need. Yeah. If it if it sticks out to you, like, man, this isn't normal. Well, guess what? Yeah, it fits. Because, and, well, and then on top of that. It may not like this may not even resonate with us a whole lot, but we talk about it and maybe somebody else who's listening is like, Oh shit, I live in this state. I seen the same motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I live the next story, to that building. The story could evolve. Yeah. I live next to that building. It is legit. Right. It, it the story could hundred percent evolve. I love it. Yeah. And I'm excited to do hollow radio. Which is going to be great when we just stream it on YouTube and just do a radio show live. It's going to be called. That's going to be awesome. Hollow Sky Radio to Wicket. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going to go into the next one. Let's roll. Hi. Yes. My name is Julie Bentel. You guys had used my voicemail on the Hollow Sky or Hollow Phone voicemails that you guys just did. Um, which was so sweet. Thank you. Um, and it's all about helping each other. I heard it and thought this guy sounds afraid um so anyway if you guys want to know more about mediumship and i'm also an empath and uh kind of runs in our family as well being a medium um feel free to give me a call back julia thanks again for uh chiming back in and touching base with us again and uh, i just want to say thanks again from the initial uh, holophone episode for your thoughts and you reaching out and just just helping other listeners like I, I that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. But we we will be getting a hold of you because I am totally interested in the whole empath side of things. I think it'd be a cool episode to get into. Maybe we could do an interview or something. Which actually that's kind of relevant because I just got a text message from a dude that says he's an empath and he's he's actually been having the hard time dealing with it and shit like that. He just joined the Discord. I think Kenneth was, Kenneth was helping him out a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty heavy st- text message that he he sent. So it actually could be relevant for him and actually help him because he yeah, thinks his daughter sure. is an empath too. Oh yeah, I do remember reading that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we will either shoot you a text message or we will shoot you an email and maybe we can set up an interview where we can just kind of let you go and tell us about tell us about everything. Because, wow! As far as that goes, like I'm, I'm fresh to that whole thing, Same. so I'm here to learn. Same. So we appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. Hey, uh, my name's Jonah. I uh, am a daily listener to your guys' podcast, and I have uh, plenty, much, much, a lot of uh, paranormal experiences in my life. Ever since I was a child, and still going on today, and. Uh, my mother was a, um, or I'm sorry, my stepmother was kind of like, did a lot of black magic, stuff like that. And 
YouTube seances and stuff like that. So it kind of opened a lot of things in my life. Um, also as well, I don't know if you want this kind of controversy on your podcast, but I want to talk about how COVID-19 is a sham for more social control and no one's questioning it. The fact that you, a doctor gets thousands and thousands of dollars every time he writes COVID on a flip for the reason why they're visiting. You know, this, my one friend's grandma was doing gardening and she had back pain and she's old and she's doing gardening and the doctor said it's COVID related pain. Like it's, it's a sham. There's a book in 1990s that there was five steps to gain social control and number two was start a fake pandemic. You know, people need to hear the truth. People deserve to hear the truth. And, you know, it's all sham. You guys want to do an interview kind of style? I have a lot to talk about. Um, so, yeah, you get back to me at... Uh, Hey, uh, I actually just left a message. I forgot to include some things. My name's Jonah. Um, about, you know, a little bit about my life. I have seen uh, at least four UFOs in my life on top of all the paranormal stuff I left in the last message. But under the COVID thing, my boss's wife works. I'm pretty sure it's a bio lab. She's like one of the head scientists there, and she's actually worked with the virus to you know, understand it and stuff like this, you know, stuff like that. And she, she's even saying it's a complete sham, even though she's not supposed to say it. Um, she even, she's not getting the vaccine. She knows that it's not good. She, she works in a place where they try to come up with vaccine cures. And, you know, she even tells me and everyone she knows strongly not to get it. Not good. Not good. Um, Anyway, yeah, you know, if you want to call me back or shoot me a text message, if you just want me to leave an in-depth voicemail, you know, just let me, just let me know. All right. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Bye. Jonah, my guy, thanks so much for calling in. Um, uh, I, we are definitely interested in your paranormal experiences, like the UFOs, like we're all about it. Um, as far as the whole covid controversy and covid issue goes however you want to see it when this first popped off we did an episode or two on it and then as it has evolved over time it has become such a hot button issue like we just try to stay away from it honestly i know it kind of pops off on the discord but sometimes it you go on any social media and that's all you hear from one side or the other or, or, or just... It is what we've heard for the past two years. Yeah, and we we kind of like having the podcast as like an escape from all of that kind of like... Yeah. That hot button stuff. So like we're not... I don't know. Like we kind of just try to shy away from it for the it's most a, part. You know, because it's like... A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minefield to walk through. I'm I am i am not I'm not hyper opposed to talking about it, but it's it's delicate. Yeah. It's a delicate it's, situation it's, because you I almost I, you almost alienate half of your listeners despite what stance you take on. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So we kinda we just try not to put ourselves in a position like that. For the most part, yeah. 
because that's not what the podcast is about. No. You know, we're not we're trying to bring people together. We're not trying to add more separation to a society that's already so fractured that it might not ever it might never ever get any better. It might not ever heal itself, you know. Right. So, you want to talk about Bigfoot? We're game. You want to talk about UFOs? We're game. We're probably going to hold off on some COVID stuff for a while until everything chills the fuck out again because it is just... It is pretty toxic. Yeah, and there are people fighting people over it and just all kinds of just yeah out of this world stuff. So Yeah, we kind of... And at the end of the day, like we both have our own separate beliefs on what COVID is or what it could be. Uh, but at the end of the day, our message will would always be the same. Is it, if you feel like you need to go get something, go get something. If you don't, don't. Like it, it, your life is your life, homie. <laughs> like it, and that's that's the overall message that I would forever want to push with the agenda. And conspiracies in general can be harder to talk about because it, and right now anyways because there's like steve said there's such a big divide yeah you're, you're in the just, country because a lot of people you setting yourself up to alienate half of your list yeah because like there's times where me and steve are talking and like even even between us off air and steve knows me like he sometimes he misperceives that i'm leaning toward one side or the other and that's never the case with me because I feel like both sides are the same in this coin. I don't, I don't trust anything with dot gov. Uh, I believe that's just, that's just me. Like, and I, I, t- I tend to try to look at things very objectively and because I have no investment in any team out there, period, the end, except my team, the hollow sky team. Yeah. That it doesn't bother me to talk about anybody, but some people are, Politics is a very uh, delicate topic. <laughs> yeah, it's very emotionally charged. It is. Right now, it is. So we're not saying it's not important or no, no, no. Writing it off, but it's probably something that we won't bring up on the show for right now, just because it's such a firestorm. It is a firestorm. But we do appreciate you, and we yeah. appreciate you calling yeah. in. So yeah, right on, man. So we'll we'll. Get to the next one. Hey, guys. My name's Tia. I'm from Oregon. And I just wanted to tell you about this creepy thing that happened to my daughter and I when we were in Seattle on Monday, actually. So we had gone to the Green Day concert at the T-Mobile Stadium. And we had taken an Uber there. And leaving the stadium, the Ubers were like $50 plus. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pay that. So... The crowd of people are walking, so we start walking with them, and we're about three or four blocks away from the venue, and we kind of come across this uh, block that's kind of dirty. There's some homeless people that have been laying around, and we kind of get a little bit separated from the other concert goers, maybe about a block and a half behind. So my daughter and I are walking, and uh, down the side street, I see this guy. He's, like, this white guy. He's bald, and uh, he's, like, walking towards us. But what was really weird about him is he had this grin on his face, like the biggest grin I've ever seen, and he had, like, these wild eyes. Now, dude could have just been, you know, a drug addict. We were in Seattle. We were 
downtown, there was a bunch of homeless, but it was just, this guy's face was so weird. It was like the grin was like bigger than I've ever seen before. And so we're walking and I um, am kind of glancing over my shoulder as he gets in behind us. And his footsteps are so loud. It's like he's like stomping, but he's like walking normally. And so I'm glancing back and I'm looking because I'm like, well, great. We're separated. Is this dude going to mug us? What's going on? So I'm kind of glancing and he's following us. And uh, my daughter's like not really recognizing anything. Like she doesn't know that he's there, I guess. And so his footsteps are getting louder. But it's like he's not getting any closer to us, but it, it just feels like he's just, like, looming on us. So I kind of grab her elbow, and I'm like, hey, you know, let's catch up with the rest of our group here. So we kind of start walking faster, and we get up next to this. So I pull her elbow, and I kind of walk a little bit faster, and we get up next to this guy and this girl. And I turn around, and I glance over my shoulder, and the guy is just gone, like vanished. No, And there's nowhere for him to go because it's, like, this empty street. And uh, so we just, like, continue walking, and uh, we find a bus stop. There's quite a lot of people at the bus stop, so I'm like, all right, fuck this. We're getting an Uber. So we get back to our hotel, and we're uh, making our dinner and stuff, and I ask her, I'm like, well, what do you think about that dude that was following us? And she's like, what dude? And I'm like, the dude that was with the big smile and that was walking, like, super loud. And she's like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I didn't see any dude. And she's like, when was this? And I'm like, well, remember when we got separated? And she's like, well, yeah. She's like, I thought it was kind of weird that you grabbed my elbow and made me kind of like walk a little bit faster. And I'm like, well, that's because the dude was behind us. So then the next day we get in the car, we're driving home, and we like to listen to spooky podcasts. And the first fucking podcast, I kid you not, this story is about the fucking grinning man. And we both look at each other and we're like, what? the fuck is the grinning man so then we start googling it and the picture doesn't really look like this dude because the guy that i saw was a white dude bald but the grin is spot on so i don't know could have been some weird drugged out homeless dude could have been the grinning man but i thought it was really freaking weird and i just thought that i would share so that's my story uh stay weird stay safe Tia, thanks so much for calling in and uh, sharing your story with us. First, shout out for being a cool mom for taking your daughter to concerts. That's pretty sick. Hell yeah. Hope you guys had a dope time. And um, yeah, that that was immediately what I thought when you started describing it was the Grinning Man. Same. It was some sort of grinning entity. Like Honestly, you stole, you stole my two explanations. Grinning Man slash Crackhead. Yeah, I mean, it could be one and the same sometimes, you know. Like when you were telling the story, you hadn't quite gotten that far yet, and I was just like, "Yep, I already know where I'm going." And then you're like, "Yeah, I mean, it totally could be a drug head or the Green Man." But the fact that your daughter didn't see it makes it like takes it to a whole different level of just bizarre. Crackheads are pretty sneaky. They are. They can be sneaky, and so I guess apparently so can Grinning Man. But I also. If there is a little sort of uh, synchronicity here. A uh, very specific person that cuts my hair also may have just had a weird encounter with a grinning entity, but that's not my story to tell. So if you want to tell it, 
Tell it. Tell it. So I wonder how close these fell on the same days. Yeah, that is weird. If there was maybe there was this crazy uptick of just the, the, the grinning entities about the world making themselves known. But I hope so. The way that you told the story with the footsteps getting louder, like it just it's so in anxiety inducing. Like, right. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to deal with a grinning <laughs> crackhead. On to the next one. Hey, guys. I uh, hope this is the Hollow Sky voicemail. If so, great. If not, and you're listening to this, just ignore it. Anyway, I wanted to share a series of uh, strange dreams I've had over the last 30 to 45 days. Um, the first one started out, uh, I was standing over my bed looking at myself and my wife sleeping, and there was a voice behind me it was very soothing, very comforting. It continued to tell me, let go, follow me, over and over again. Now, when I turned around to see this voice, all I could tell was that it was a female dressed all in white, long, blonde, flowy hair, but I couldn't make out her face. Well, I had that same exact dream probably three days in a row. And then my dream started turning more violent. I guess you could say. Um, I'm standing over myself, watching myself and my wife sleep, and then I leave my house. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I get this over uh, overwhelming feeling that I'm I'm causing some kind of death, destruction, mayhem, bodily harm to someone. Now I don't know who it is. I can't see their face, but I get flash images of me doing these violent acts. Now, I have since been paying close attention to the local news. I've got several friends who are in law enforcement. I've asked them, have you know, have you had any crimes of this nature? It's, it's always no. But I wake up the next morning from these dreams, especially the violent ones, and I'm super tired. I'm sore. Uh, it's like I just did like a, a two-a-day at the gym. Um... And in the last couple of days, I've had the recurring dream from the very beginning of the overwhelming, calming voice telling me to come with her as I'm watching myself and my wife sleep. And so that's it. Um, maybe one of you guys uh, can give me a little insight what I'm looking at. I'm, I haven't told anybody. kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, I'm a, a spiritual person. I'm not necessarily a religious person. So I've kind of divulged back to the Bible and tried to look up different scriptures. And uh, to be honest, say it, that just completely loses me. So uh, maybe you've got an answer. Anyway, have a great day, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Oh, man. I don't know if you left your name because I was kind of engrossed in your dreams here. Same. Uh, I do not know what could uh, possibly be causing these i know like lately people have been having more and more stress inducing anxiety inducing dreams i don't know if it comes with the state of the world uh it all started at the drop of the pandemic yeah what society's been doing i think everybody's just so stressed 
at everyday life that it's kind of starting to manifest itself into our rest and our dream states. Um, that first part gave me goosebumps, dog. Like I didn't like you're it. talking about the woman where she's just like, let go and come with me. Nope. Like, mm. uh, no, sir. No matter where you're looking at, that's not a good thing. Like I, I don't know, man. And waking even if up, it was an angel, it still means that you died. Waking up so exhausted after having these dreams of causing whatever physical harm you're causing to whoever is just, it's almost, man, I don't even know. It makes me think back to what if there's like, what if it's, uh, what if it's a lucid dream? You know, what if you're traveling, you're actually in like, this is actually happening in the dream world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like the, my first, reaction when he said he was watching i'm like oh this is like astral projection like he's yeah he's venturing outside his body yeah but then he started talking about the entity behind him trying to lure him away and i'm like oh golly this might have a lot more serious implications than i thought and i because that's that's nor and then the fact that you like you ignore her or whatever and then you say they start getting violent that's even worse. Yeah, man, it's. Uh, I don't have. I don't have an explanation. I don't either. I not I, even. Close. I started as soon as we listened to this. I started trying to Google what it means to cause physical harm to people in your dreams, and there's all kinds of like dream analysis and yeah, all this shit that I'm not privy to that I don't know anything I, about. I hope so. for your sake that. It's a trick of the mind. I hope. Or, I hope that has your, your body is so stressed in these. <laughs> That's what I was thinking in these dreams because it is possible because you could be. You, you say your shoulders and stuff are. It could, it's possible that you were locking your shoulders up in your sleep, like flexing the muscles, yeah, just tensing up, which is gonna going to wear you it. out. So I hope that it's just a trick of the mind, and and they're so <laughs> vivid to you and so real to you. That your body is reacting to it almost like it is real. A lot of things that I read um, attribute it to excessive stress and anxiety and frustration and it playing out in the dream is sort of like your body trying to release it, I guess. I don't know if that if that sounds like it rings a bell if you're going through some like exceptionally hard shit. Maybe... Maybe try to cut some of those stressors out if you can and see if that kind of lulls, lulls the violence back a little bit. Because, just, I mean, I don't I don't have any idea. Of all of it, though, the part that worries me the most is the fact that she was trying to lure you away from yeah, your body like, and your let, wife. Let go. I don't like, know, man. It, it, I don't know. If, like, anybody, if anybody listens to this and and is in into dreams and dream analysis or... Or even just like how the body reacts to stress and anxiety uh, and has some tips, some pointers, some some direction mm. to give caller. Well, if you look back at um, Center Lane. Please let us know. If you look back at Center Lane, I'm not, I'm not trying to equate this, but if he is projecting himself onto the astral plane... 
the things that he experienced in the astral plane, he should technically be able to feel in real life. Because if you remember, I know it's a little pervy, but dude ended up diddling girl. Yeah. And they both basically had an orgasm. Like, but that was in the astral plane. Not in the physical plane. Not in the physical plane. I mean... I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Like, her, her body reacted to what was actually happening on the astral plane. I've... I've. Uh... So it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that he's fighting and beating ass in the astral plane and his yeah. body's fatigued from it. His body's reacting it. to it on the physical plane. I don't... Bro, I don't know. It's, it's stuff way it's out heavy. of our fucking wheelhouse. And it's heavy. It's it so, is heavy. That's why I'm reaching out. Holoskites, if you if you have any any recommendations to help call her out, uh, please please get to us. Send us an email or call in and we'll play it. Just Word. try to get this get this dude some solace. Hell yeah. All right, we're gonna go on to our last one. Of the evening. Hi, my name is um, Irene. <clears throat> I'm calling because I've been listening to the Project Project Mannequin podcast, uh, which I already knew quite a bit about, um, say about three years ago or more. I I knew about Project Mannequin, and I just wanted to. Um, Say that I have perfect relation to that, and I would like, I guess, someone to talk to and add my story on to. Um, I really like your guys' podcast, so um, I've sent you an email also, I think, through your webpage. Um, the best phone number to reach me at is... Irene, thank you so much. We cut your uh, recording off. A little short because we didn't want any of your personal information yeah. getting out, but we are down. Yeah, for sure. I I emailed you back. Yeah, Kyle shot an email to the uh, email that was linked. I just think it, I thought I thought it said Ashley or something like that. Maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. I didn't see but it. But either way, but... I did get the the Project Mannequin thing, and as soon as I seen that, I shot an email back. I'm like. If you're dealing with this shit, I want to hear about it. Yep. So, um, yeah, we're game on. If you want to come on and do an interview, we will set it up. We're kind of <sighs> spread pretty thin for a while, but we might be able to put something together and make an exception. Uh, Kyle, if you don't hear it on here, Kyle will definitely shoot you a text message, yeah. and we will get in contact because that is, I feel like it's a story that needs to get out. Absolutely. Um. So... That wraps up our Holophone 2.0 episode. Thank you for everybody that called in. This is exactly what we were hoping would happen yeah. with this. Yeah, after the first episode, it popped off pretty hard. Yeah. I was so excited. So everybody that has a weird story that, that this, this episode falls on your ears, do not be afraid to call the phone. Leave us a voicemail about what yeah. you encountered. We will gladly play it and talk about it to the best of our knowledge. We do not have all the answers. We don't even have a lot of the answers. We have maybe two of the answers. But we will talk about it and get your story out there, and hopefully it falls on somebody's ears that can help you uh, process or understand what you have seen, what you've felt, what's happened to you, because that's, that's what this whole podcast is about, is giving people a place to come with these weird experiences and be able to get them out there 
And that's exactly what the holophone's doing. Yep. And it is so dope. Like I can't. We haven't even got to the text messages yet. Yeah. That's a whole nother different episode. Yeah. Next time we sit down, we'll have to do that if we don't get overwhelmed with voicemails again. So we do want to get overwhelmed with voicemails. Yeah. So yeah. Send them. You guys are awesome. Just stay safe, stay weird, and keep the hollow phone blowing up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.